The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike, and I'm still not used to that short intro, man. <laughs> and this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 398, Mr. Savage. Huzzah! How's it going, Magic? Nice. How you living? It's nice to know that after almost 400 episodes together, I can still surprise you and catch you yeah. off guard a little bit. Oh, man. It's always it's always special with us, huh? Uh, you know what is special is that um, the Four Star Dave Handicap is this. Uh, we're we're going to be previewing it. And uh, I rem- do you remember what happened in episode 300? Of the Magic Mike show, it was the one after Got Stormy won the four star day for the second time. Yeah, so. I knew this was Got Stormy related. I just didn't know how it was Got Stormy related, but I knew that's where we were going with this. This is probably you think Casa Creed is the horse we've talked about most since we started this podcast. That's a good question, and I think you're correct because not only does he like in every race that we cover, almost or every time he races, we cover him, but. Uh, he's used as a reference point a lot too. There's yeah. a good reference point. So yeah, I think you're right. I never thought yeah. about that. We should start a, a Magic Mike Horse Hall of Fame, and Casa Creed would be the first inductee. Uh, we'll put him in um, Warfront. I think gets in as part of the first yeah. Legends class. I think I got Stormy probably gets in. I think there's no way Violence Violence doesn't get in. I mean, there's a couple that just have to make the list. It'd be great. Let us know in the chat. Hey, if you're watching this, we're happy to have you here. We are talking about Saratoga's late pick five. On Four. Saturday, August 13th, Shadi wants to know anything special for episode 400. That will be, theoretically, that will be next week's preview show. Top 400 horses from the Magic Mike era. <laughs> could we do it <laughs> in less than 60 minutes? No way, no. <laughs> I couldn't, uh, w- I, without cheating, I couldn't name 400 horses. Oh, no man, I bet, if, I bet if we got drunk and talked on the for 30 minutes, we could name 400 horses without a problem. At some point, we just start saying things yeah. that sounded true I mean, because thank you. Yes, to the magician. I mean, I'll talk shit about Mahamal if you want to do that. <laughs> Malachi, sorry, Ducali. We'll, we'll, like, we'll have a haters wing and we could put Ducali in there. Ducali would definitely be Malathat would officially make that now, too. Uh, we can talk about Clarier. We could, I mean, there's we could just we could go deep here, man. We could go deep. Well, listen, uh, speaking of going deep, the, uh, the the late pick five here, there were a couple races where I thought you could go pretty short. We actually both had the same single. I almost had two singles, and then I went back and looked at my ticket, and I went, that's a really stupid idea. Don't do that. So we'll talk about that race here in a second. So uh, are you excited for Saratoga, though? I know it's uh, the early pick five today. Uh, that was it. The fifth race really hurt you. No, no, the fourth race really hurt me. Fourth I'm race, a little sorry. frustrated today. This is going to be a classic Magic Mike show because Del Mar is running right now. Saratoga is running right now. I have action at both of those tracks. Uh, Ruse, who I gave out on Dudes Who Bet Daily as one of the two horses I had trip notes on today, uh, gets literally nailed at the wire in race four. Had a nice win bet on that damn horse. And then hit the 42-1 to one shot that wins the next race. Oh. Both the pick four and the pick five and to kick off the pick six. And it doesn't pay anything because I lost the pick five. Still, still going for five or six in the pick six. But really frustrating to burn a forty-two to one shot in the pick four and the pick five because of that damn ruse horse. It just got literally nailed at the wire by the eight. Uh well, listen. We'll see if we can turn your fortunes around. We do have the uh, not the four star that's on Saturday. Um, what is the stakes that's coming here? The Galway stakes. So, yeah. Uh, real quick before we get into the pick four, if somebody's watching live, Mike. Who do you like in the Galway stakes? 30 seconds. 
okay, thirty. I don't. I, it's going to take longer than that. This is an interesting race for me because there are. So Aaron went with the seven horse Empress Tigress as one of the bets for Dude to Bet Daily. Yes, I was going to bet Dairy Nane as my bet for Dude to Bet Daily before he put Empress Tigress in. Go back and watch the Coronation Cup. Literally, we like we talk about bell curve all the time, Rosario, and like one of the worst rides I've ever seen him give was on Dairy Nane in that race, and Dairy Nane still finished third and was running on. Now we're going to sit on the outside. I, I think Dairy Nane is going to be a very nice price, sitting at five to one in the morning line. I think has a great shot at getting it done. Uh yeah, Doctor Tang is all about Dairy Nane. I'm I did an exact box Dairy Nane and uh, Empress Tigress because she just she backed it up that that impressive maiden special weight win. Uh, and this is the other horse that interests me too, Poppy Flower. Just wish she hadn't drawn the rail, but uh, <laughs> Doctor Tang's a stable. One. By the way, we have not one but two stable videos with three horses being identified coming for you this weekend. So. And if you're not subscribed to the Racing Dudes YouTube channel yet, make sure you do. You can catch Mike's stuff. Mike, without further ado, let's get into Saratoga's Late Pick 5 on Saturday. Right is up. All right, my first leg of Saratoga's late pick five on Saturday, August 13th, race seven. We've got 10 juvenile Colts, nine of them making their debuts, going six furlongs on the main track. Plenty of price opportunities in here if you want them. We're going to go on top. Oh, man, I thought this was actually a pretty tough race. Um, there are a couple horses that I like at prices. I'm going to go to the rail on top here, Bourbon Bash. Um, that race first out was actually exceptionally good. You go back and you look at who else was in that race. You had multiple horses that sold for a couple hundred thousand each. Uh, this is a $280,000 son of Quality Road. Dwayne Lucas doesn't usually get him ready first out, and this horse absolutely blazed early. You get Flavian Pratt picking up the mount, getting four to one on it. I'm going to start with the one, but I'm going to go pretty deep here. I ended up four deep, I think, maybe five deep. No, I went four deep in this spot, right? Nope, I went five deep. This is my five deep race. I was back and forth between the 10 horse, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, I also think the nine Black Marine makes a ton of sense here. Pletcher, Ortiz, three to one. Um, I, I don't love this horse. I would go shorter if I thought more of this horse, but the sale price actually made me back off a little bit. It's $25,000 stud fee sold for 30000 so a little concerned just about that sales price, and it made me back off and want to spread a little bit more in here. Uh, so roll for two. <laughs> I didn't use either one of those horses. Uh, the nine... Um, can I, I think really my problem with the nine, I think this is too short. Six furlongs feels like this horse is just going to get started. Um, you know, I read picking up the mount. There's plenty of nice works back there, but connect not so great with debut horses, only 9%. Um, the dam got her win when she was routing. Uh, this is a horse that's, um, a half to ethereal road. So we know that that's a horse that likes to run really long. So, uh, that's why I went against this horse here. I think he's going to get hammered. Uh, Pletcher and I read so far at the meet, they're only one for nine with two-year-olds on dirt. The one winner was Prank, so and she was a one-to-two favorite in that spot. So I I'm going to take a shot against because I feel like it's a little too short, probably a very good horse. Uh, Bourbon Bash, for me, I didn't like that this horse was pretty screwy when she broke from the gate, and then D-Wayne didn't put her back in the gate to try and school her, and now she's on the rail. If she gets screwy again, now she's going to get buried pretty bad. She does have that really speed. It was nice in that debut race that even though she got bumped and knocked around and uh, broke inwards pretty bad, she did have that speed to rush up. It just kind of burned her out. So because of the draw of where she's at, I'm going to take a shot against her. My topic's going to be the five, Skellig, four to one for John Terranova and Joel Rosario. The last two years, these guys have teamed up uh, at Saratoga. They're 0 for 8. If you take that out of the equation, they're 6 for 17 elsewhere. That's 35%. 
It's pretty good. Uh, I know that you love the sire Gervin. He's fired for 15 for debut winners so far. The debut and this horse is half sibling. They both won their debut. So a ton of win early potential on both sides. And then you got some really nice four furlong works on here. A Mike Samich angle. Really nice four furlong works. No bullets. So maybe we're going to go a little unnoticed here. So did you like the five Skellig? Yeah, I did. I mean, with how good Gervin has been as a sire, Gervin's currently staying for $6,000. This horse, the hammer drops for 235000 This is, you have to I think, one that. of the better Gervin uh, children out there. And Gervin's been a monster. I, we, I talked about Gervin quite a bit doing the previews for the two-year-old races this weekend. That horse came up multiple times. So, yeah, I, I, I like the five quite a bit. Four to one. I actually think this is going to be your favorite when the race goes off um, because Rosario lands here and because of the, specifically the sire, the sales price. And those workouts are consistent, but that work – uh, three back, 47-4, we thought was really, really nice. So, yeah, I, I think that horse makes a ton of sense. I also like the one right to the inside. Um, I'm a fan of not this time as a sire. We've talked about Horatio DePaz. He's 21% in Saratoga right now, 17% first-time starter, $4.52 ROI. Jose Ortiz takes them out. Tell me if you've heard this before on the show. <laughs> We're getting 15 to 1. Uh, and on top of that, look, uh, not this time, very good first time outsider. And I, I just think it all kind of fits here. It's a tough race, but I'll take a little bit of a shot uh, with the four at 15 to 1. I use the four as well, uh, not just because the word magic is in the name, but uh, I like the fact that you mentioned DePaz and Jose Ortiz, specifically with two year olds debuting. Jose, or sorry, Horatio DePaz has had two debut winners at age two at Saratoga uh, in the last two meets. So last year and this year, Jose Ortiz was aboard both of them. So that's what kind of why Mike was making the joke was this is a common thing that we like to look at uh, with this trainer jacket combination. I was a back and forth because the works don't seem very fast, but they are consistent. The horse has been here since the meet began. So clearly the intention was to bring this horse to Saratoga and give him a shot. And the breeding is there as well. So uh, we agree on the four and five, but we're going to diverge from here some more. Yeah, the one work I really liked was that gate work, uh, that three back. And that was the, the best work we saw. It was the only work out of the gate. So it feels like we're, we're being a little bit sneaky with this one here. And that's what Depaz usually does. Usually his gate works are the best. And you want to see that from a first-time starter from him. Look, I, I, you're going you're gonna to play a couple more. I'm going to go all the way outside for my last horse. I'm going to go with the 10, Mr. McGregor. Uh, <laughs> Bill Mott can be really sneaky in these races. And every now and then he gets one home. He's 10%, but he's $1.42 on the ROI perspective. So even if he was around 13%, he'd be even money on ROI perspective. So I, I like Mr. McGregor in this spot. You're getting 8 to 1. You'll get every bit of that. Generally, Junior Alvarado is up for his better two-year-olds. And this is one where when you kind of just look at the breeding, it makes you wonder how much the hammer would have dropped for this horse. I mean, this is a street crime out of Into Mischief, Homebred. Uh, I like the workout, specifically three back. You've got a 36 over the training track. The plan was always to debut this horse at Saratoga. I like the post. I don't mind being in the 10 post in these, these juvenile races because you're not, you really don't have much trouble to you. Like everyone's going to be messing around on the inside. You're kind of in the clear on the outside. Generally, Mott isn't one that's going to send the horse anyway. So this is kind of that stock and pounce type trip that I like from the 10. So I think this 10 is kind of sneaky in Mr. McGregor. This would be a very expensive horse if it actually went to auction. And I like the fact that this is a horse that, the, that they kept as a homebred. I think it shows that they believe there's some talent here. Is uh, The dam was a grade two winner, or sorry, grade two placed, almost one grade two turf route. And that's the reason I left this horse off as well. I think six furlongs is just to kind of knock the gear, to get the horse some, some not to knock the rust off. There was no run before. Uh, we get the horse some racing experience. I think this horse going two turns on turf is ultimately where he's meant to be. And I completely agree with you. If this horse was going to the market, it was going to be a very, very nice return. Also, is not a uh, is not a filly, right? So they weren't going to try and keep this horse for breeding purposes later. They're hoping this horse can turn into a stallion prospect at some point. 
Yeah. And when you have groups that breed a lot and didn't like homebreds and keep broodmares and they spend a lot of money to to create this cult and they keep it, it tells me that they believe in it. Right. I mean, if it's I, I agree with you, the Philly aspect of it makes a big difference for them because they want additional broodmares in the stable. The fact that it's a cult and one that would probably sell for six to seven hundred thousand at minimum that they decide to keep in the stable tells you there's talent there. I, I this is one where if the horse runs well and is running late. I'm stabling this horse up because you're probably right. This horse probably wants longer. Um, but I think it's dangerous enough in the first start here that I don't want to leave off the ticket. And some decent horse on there too. Yeah. Uh, Shadi says Peter Rabbit said Mr. McGregor's garden. I really thought this was a horse named after Connor McGregor. I, I didn't think about that being a Peter Rabbit. We haven't gotten to Peter Rabbit with my son's reading yet. Yeah, I can confirm Peter Rabbit is definitely there. It's a little awkward of a children's story because it talks about how Mr. McGregor murdered Peter Rabbit's father and then ate him in a pie, uh, which is tough to explain to your two and a half slash three year old. Uh, so you kind of uh, read around some of the words in that book. Uh, if you, so if you are going with the Peter Rabbit route, just a heads up magic. <laughs> well, it's good to know. Uh, I think with his mom and I, given the genes, he's pretty much doomed to have a very dark personality. Uh, real quick, I, I gotta, I'll go through the other two I'm using here. The number seven, General Jim at six to one. Uh, it's worth noting that Naira has a rule that if trainers enter multiple horses into a race that's going to be overdrawn, they have to choose a preference. So he has the also eligible in here. He likes the seven general gym a little bit better. Luis Saez is here and not on the D. Wayne Lucas horse, which I thought was interesting. Saez is usually the guy that goes and rides the Lucas horse if the horse is worth a damn. So the fact that he's here on this one kind of caught my attention a little bit. There's a really nice work 47 and two, two weeks ago. He's had a, a bullet 48 from the gate four weeks ago. Um, you know, some stuff to like here. The dam was stakes placed in three-time winter turf sprinting. So uh, lots of, you know, the sprinting speed here we've got into mischief. And then I also use the six. What a blast at 12 to one uh, for Mike Maker, Ricardo Santana Jr. Not a combination I usually use in two-year-old debut races at Saratoga, but Uncle Mo is the sires. We all know is very strong debut two horses. The dam and the only sibling to race one. They both won their debuts sprinting on dirt. There are a couple of quick works on the page. You notice there's that 46 and one at Churchill, uh, the Churchill Downs Training Center a little while back there. So the horse has got speed. He's got the breeding to say he could win early. This might be a sneaky one here, Mike. Yeah, I mean, Maker Santana 0 for 18 at Saratoga over the last two years. Now, Santana was 0 for the meet last year, I believe, <laughs> if I'm correct. So uh, that probably hurt the stats there. I, I just, this is a spot. Look, I like Maker and he's sneaky here, but this, I think this is just too good of a race for him to win. And I thought general Jim was going to want more distance. That's why I laid off the seven. Um, but I, I totally get the use on the seven, especially with size aboard. Second leg of Saratoga's late pick five on Saturday, August 13th, race eight. This is a first level allowance optional claimers for straight three-year-olds. There's a dozen of them going a mile on the inner turf course, plenty of stakes caliber horses, including the horse on the rail, their portfolio company at two to one. Is this the race where he finally gets back on track and, and looks like the portfolio company that we thought was going to be the greatest stakes winner after he won his debut here last year? Yeah, I mean, I'm using this horse on top. Uh, and it's it, I, I believe portfolio company is the best horse in this race, but there's no way in hell I'm single in this horse. I don't <laughs> trust the horse enough to do it. And it, I, I like deserving favorite, highest percentage chance to win the race. I just I don't trust portfolio company in this spot. I mean, I, I would expect that he's got a very good chance of winning. Just <laughs> I, I think the eight is really interesting. Oh, two, oh, three, five is a, a horse that has been running against tougher and is now kind of dropping back into uh, back into the level. I think he wants face portfolio company last time out was in the Penn mile two back of that face Napoleon war three back fourth Washington Fort Washington four back. We're kind of with our friends here again. Um, I realize this is a Union Rags horse on turf. It's the one major knock against it. I probably use one Union Rags horse on turf a year now. 
But I thought this race kind of came up light, to be honest with you. I didn't think this was that much. There's that much in here. I mean, like you could talk it's a about weird mix. Yeah, you could talk about the nine, the 10, 11 and 12. But I don't want to play any of them, especially the, the 10 and 11 coming out of the last race. They were in the distance it was at and the 12 just being hung so far wide around that first turn. All of a sudden, I'm looking at these inside nine horses. The one makes a ton of sense, but I don't trust the one. Like the other horse I'm using is coming off a claim. So it's like I, this is just an odd race and how they kind of filled out and mixed it in. And I think it really fits the eight, oh two, oh three, five very well, just from a, a race shape perspective. So I'm gonna take a little bit of a shot with the eight here as my other must use a twelve to one. I went against him just because I feel like he's uh, I, I kind of know what he is and he's, he's a good horse. It'd be great to own him, but I just in this spot I. You were right. You can kind of take your pick. There's kind of a weird mix in here, but uh, isn't the kind of horse for me. I will say, though, this horse has a younger brother named Park City, who's a two-year-old in California. Supposed to be a really good turf router, so watch out for that horse. Uh, you see that, you know, 02035, I hate that name, uh, was really good as a two-year-old turf routing, too. Almost wins the Central Park Stakes at Aqueduct. Um, didn't use a portfolio company was my topic here as well. That's the one that I was almost singled. And then, like you said, like, I can't put not in this. I mean, if this was a five horse race, maybe you could single portfolio. You probably have to single them at that point, but um, no way you can see them here. My next one is going to be the other one. I think we agree on is the seven Al's rocket at eight to one. Uh, I read Ortiz jr. Is picking up this mount after being the top jockey for Chad Brown and Clarevich stable horses rode this horse's uh, road portfolio company his first two starts including when he won his debut here and yet he ends up on the Todd Fletcher horse that just broke his maiden for a $75,000 tag that tells me Mike that he really found, found something that he kind of liked with that now we're here by the way this is a horse that was even money it made special weight six to five uh main special he was uh what is that seven to five last out when he won eight to one are we really gonna get eight to one on Els Rocket yeah, I think so. Uh, the main reason, because it's first time against winners and uh, we're coming out of $75,000 maiden claimer, right? And so it's it's not like the, it's a tough jump bump, first off, to, to jump into the maiden, uh, from the maiden special weight or maiden claiming level into this M1X allowance level. And then you've got portfolio companies sitting there on the rail who's going to take money. Seal Beach is going to take money all the way to the outside. Downton's going to take money. The 11 horse constitutional lawyer is going to take some money there. And then you have the two, the three, and the four that are all logical speed horses, I think, are going to take a little bit of play. And that all sets up for the seven and the eight, I believe, to stay right around their morning line odds, which good for us. Uh, bad for people that are betting the two, three, and four, though. We'll get to them in a second. Uh, let's see the next horse for me. Uh, I did use the 11 Dawn. I know it's something that you mentioned you didn't want any part of. I, for me, what made the difference is Jose Ortiz gets back aboard. He was on this horse when he broke his maiden going to mile on the 16th on Belmont's inner turf course. Uh, he's been keeping some good company there. To, to me, this feels like it's going to be as comparable as what he's been facing. The price is going to drop. You know, he was 1430 and 11 to one his last three starts. So might be a little bit of a shorter price here, but I, I like the fact that Jose Ortiz is getting aboard and he's a horse that I know can close and likes to pass horses. And a lot of these, they look like they're kind of speed and quit types to me. Yeah, I was looking for closers, too, so I don't disagree with you there. I think this is too short. I mean, that, that was just the simple thing for me. He's gone at least a mile and a 16th every single race he started. And, and the mile and 16th races, he didn't have that same kick that he does at a mile and an eighth. So I, I just I left out. And that's what like the tough part about both the 10 and the 11 to me was the, the race they're coming out of was a mile and an eighth. It was longer. Right. And so it's how do you really judge what type of kick they're going to have going a mile here and a mile right. at the Saratoga turf, you're hung wide fast. That first turn comes up quick. And so even with the speed of their inside, they'll, they'll be able to save some ground, but you're still thinking you're probably two, three wide or you're way out of it. Neither of which are good things over the Saratoga turf course. Uh, did we hit all the ones that you use in this race? 
Uh, yep, I just went one, seven, eight. I do think it's oh, interesting. Okay. I, I think that the two, the three, and the four, and the five are all going to take some interest for different reasons for different people. Um, the two is the other Pletcher will be forwardly placed. Overboard for Wesley Ward will be forwardly placed. Capone is follow your speed of the speed, picks up a bug. I think the three of them make it hard for any of them to win. Now, if Capone goes out specifically, I think Midnight Worker gets a little bit more interesting. Because then I think there's a little bit more of the the setup where the two could go, the three backs off on that first turn, and all of a sudden Saez is loose on the lead. That's scary to me. Um, so I do see a world where if the four specifically scratches, because I think the four goes no matter what, um, all of a sudden the two becomes a little interesting. And then I also considered uh, Pequina, the, four, the five, a little bit in this mm-hmm. spot as well. Uh, this is first time against winners. I thought that first race against at Saratoga last August was pretty good. Comes off the bench. Uh, wires the field essentially at Laurel. Now we're coming back to Saratoga where we ran pretty well. I, I could make a case that the five is a little bit interesting, especially if we kind of go toward that that original race shape and we come from a little bit off it here. Yeah, that was the thing. I wasn't sure what kind of a, of what what kind of a race I was going to see from the five here. And looking at the form, he was good enough to get third coming from off the pace, whereas to win it went K to wire. So we'll see what happens. I always respect Graham Motion when he comes to Saratoga. Really wherever he runs horses. Um the last horse on for me actually just keep going to the number six Martini and Moonshine 12 to 1 broke the maiden over this course going to mount a 16th uh, last summer, went straight into the deep end to the grade two bourbon stakes, based his the bomb stolen base. Lots of good horses. Didn't do a lick of good. We haven't seen him since then, but you see how Tom Amos has been bringing him along, had him at Keeneland waiting for Saratoga for the meet to start, sends him here and works exclusively on the turf. That last work 47 and four around the dogs on the training turf caught my attention. Uh, Amos is 28% with a positive ROI with runners getting first time Lasix. So that's what I'm getting here as well. Uh, listen, 12 to one at that kind of a price at looking at his eyes, I'm expecting I'll get every bit of that. So I'm going to put him on there as well. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, 29% off this type of layoff as well. Uh, damn good yep. for Tom Amos there too. So, so st- solid trainer stats in this spot. Uh, my main issue again, is I'm not sure. It's, it's funny. You, your main issue with the five is my main issue with the six. Not sure if we can pass horses. Um, And so it's going to be interesting what type of trip we try and work out here for Martini and Moonshine, because if we're we're off the pace, I'm not overly confident that we're going to be able to pass all of the top three, which would be the the two, the three and the four. And then also hold off horses like Portfolio Company, which are going to be in that second stack right where you'd expect Martini and Moonshine to be sitting. All right, Mike, let's move on. Third leg of Saratoga's late pick five on uh, Saturday, August 13th, race nine. We've got 11 older maidens going seven furlongs on the dirt here. Oddly enough, over half the field, they're older maidens. Over half of these are debuting. And that includes your one and one A, the coupled favorites for Todd Pletcher and St. Elias Stables here. Where are you going on top? This is where I almost single. I almost singled the one, um, specifically Unlimited Potential, who I think is a superstar in the making uh, you talked about Irad riding for Klarovich. Klarovich has a, what, $200,000 uh, son. Let's see. It's $180,000 son of Gunrunner in the two-horse yep. leading contender. And Irad said, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go ride for Pletcher, for Poli and St. Elias here, and I'm going to jump on this $700,000-plus son um, of Union Rags in unlimited potential. Union Rags stands for $30,000. I don't know if I've ever seen a Union rag sell. For 750,000. I mean, that is a big price tag for a Union Rags horse. And then you start looking at these workouts and it's just like, oh, yeah, okay, good, 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 good. Gets to Saratoga out of a gate, bullet, one of 104. This horse is a runner. I I almost singled the one here. 
I decided to take a little bit of a shot because I like one other horse in this spot, but I, I think the one is going to be awfully tough. If you could like, this is where I wish I could get fixed odds at three to one right now on this one. Cause I would take that in a second. I'm with you. I like this horse a lot. I didn't consider singling, but um, I, I, you know, I wish the horse wasn't breaking from the rail, but just might be too fast that it doesn't matter because uh, it worked with the one a, they had a bullet 47 and two from the gate last week. Co-best of 104. That's pretty good. Uh, the notes from DRF say that um, unlimited potential had a 20.4 second breeze at the two year old in training sale. That's pretty good. Of course, probably couldn't stay healthy for a while because he sounds like he's really fast. It's probably fragile, but he's in the gate. If he's in the gate, he's going to be really fast. So, um, you know, it's also funny union rags and limbs map the two sires of these horses. Not that good debut sires at age two, but if you wait until they're at least three to debut them, they're actually above average. So, uh, Pletcher making the right decision here. And I have an answer for you. There's a Union Rags that sold for $725,000 uh, that was purchased by Rapoli and St. Elias and went to Todd Pletcher, who's named Dynamic One. So, so this is, so that's close. Do we have like, I, I would, so we, this still might be the most expensive Union Rags ever. That's the most expensive I could find in my little yeah. bit of, yeah, free time right here. <laughs> Way to prep for the show, Magic. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll look at that freaking unit. At least they're not on turf, right? Um, <laughs> I use this horse. My top pick is going to be the four, four good, seven to two. Interestingly enough, I read Ortiz Jr. rode this horse on debut when he was a two to one favorite. Didn't get the job done. Capone, our good friend we just talked about, uh, Capone is in this race or was oh, the winner of that race. Um, this is a horse that is a full brother to good magic. I love this horse. I've been excited for him to debut. I was really ex hoping that he was going to like come by as a two-year-old. We could draft him for the Magic Mike Show team. Didn't quite pan out, but I think he's really good. The fact that he was bet down to two to one for his debut, now we're getting seven to two. I think is a great sign. He broke slowly. There was an off track. I guess not every single curling horse likes the off track. We found the one that didn't. We're adding blinkers. Jose Ortiz, who was good Magic's jockey, he's going to ride him now. So I did use four good. Did you? No, I did not. Um, I, I didn't love that race was my main reason why I, that Belmont race specifically. But I guess it's off track. You could make a, a, a case for it. And, you know, Flash Kiss came back to win, ran sixth in that race that uh, Forgood was in last time. Sidekick, who came back as a favorite, faced Golden Alchemist last time out, going a mile and an eighth. And Golden Alchemist was a horse that ran second to uh, St. Tappet in debut. So pretty good line there so I, you could make a case that that race that four good was in is pretty good I, look again this is one of those where it's, if the horse was that good i read would be on it I, I went back to that with both of these chad brown horses where i couldn't get past the fact that i read is deciding to ride this pletcher horse versus riding either of these when the pletcher horse is training so well costs so much and, and just again when you see a union rags for that much to me okay this is probably a very very good horse dynamic one a grade one winner right so it like kind of fits that same idea I can't believe I'm doing this. The other horse I'm going to use is the freaking Lucas horse, man. <laughs> D. Wayne's been pretty good so far here at Saratoga. You, you got to start cutting him a little bit of slack. He's 15%, uh, two for 13 so far for the meet. Also has three seconds. Mm -hmm. I, I, this horse has just been working his eyeballs out. And it's that simple that I'm scared that this one goes gate to wire. And if the one doesn't break, and you mentioned the ones on the rail, Save's going to be sitting mid-pack. We've got a 46 and four workout. We've got a 59 and four workout. We've got 47 and one. We've got 46 and four. Air Force Blue, one of those sires that, can, that usually shows speed. So you'd think that this horse can be pretty darn fast. And we talked about the the, the sire price, the stud fee to the gavel drop. Air Force Blue stands for 10000 This one goes for 390 k 39 to 1. 
uh, stud fee to gavel price. And so to me, I, I got to respect the speed that the eight showed. So I'm just going to go one eight here and hope we can get through with one of them wiring the field. I would have played the eight if Luis Saez was riding. I'm going to go back to that angle. You want to, you could go back to if I, if this horse was so good, Irad would be riding. I'm going to go back to if this horse was so good for D Wayne, uh, Luis Saez would be riding instead of riding for Jeremiah Englehart for a horse that uh, I didn't use. You didn't use. Neither of us, I don't think, even really considered that strongly other than. Well, Luis Saez is on him, so I um, considered it because of that, but did not use the horse. <laughs> that would right, like, that exactly. Would, if you want to go like six deep here, I think you get to that that nine, but that also helps make yeah. your case of why Saez is not on this eight. <laughs> uh, last one on for me. I went three deep. I'm going to use the seven Happy Bob at nine to two for Dom Scatino, the trainer, Flavian Pratt picking up the mount. A really nice second to Accretive on debut. If you remember Accretive, uh, that was a stable, of course, for Mike. Almost won the Grade Two Amsterdam next out. A hundred and one buyer. I think the horse got uh, very good. Now we're getting an upgrade jockey. No offense, Kendrick Carmouche, but Flavian's going to take over. And I, based off of who's in this field, I think the odds are going to slip a little bit because you've got that D Wayne with the, you know, the two bullets from the last three works in here. You've got the Pletcher horses that, especially if the one a scratches, the one is going to be even money six to five. So uh, I think that horse might get ignored. And I really like the company. This horse got being a second to a creed. Now it was a distant second, but I mean, it's a creed. Look, I, I, I thought about this one too. I mean, this is just a tough race and, and you kind of have to decide, all right, where am I going to take a stand? Yeah. Accretive looked really good. And that flatters this horse, even though it's a little bit ways back. I mean, it's the same thing when we're talking about, you know, someone like uh, some, someone like St. Tappet, where if you have that, even the horses that run second to St. Tappet in your line, it makes your races more impressive. Uh, did we hit everybody you used? Yep. I'm just yeah. one eight here. I, I did That's think right. a little bit about the, the seven as well. Um, who I thought was kind of interesting. Happy Bob, you get Pratt up here. Um, That's what I just talked about. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, never mind. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. All right, we'll move on. The next one, the feature race, the grade one, the penultimate race, the four-star day of handicap uh, in this pick five. This is Breeze Cup winning for the Turf Mile, famously won two years ago by God Stormy for the second time. It's Famous important because too. we have another female giving the boys a shot in here with a great chance. That's the three regal glory. Interestingly enough, Mark Cassie, the trainer, also brings in a child of get storm into this race, but we're not going to talk about ours. The three Regal glory were both singling. Take it away, Mike. That last race was so impressive. I mean, that's just, just the game was just one of those races where it took your breath away. Uh, the fact that we decided to go against the boys here, I think speaks loudly about it. Mason, obviously another horse that very good for the Chad Brown barn, but I, I like Regal Roy has just been so impressive. And that what you had in Italian in there, you had, um, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but the, the, uh, other horse for Chad Brown that we really love that run at Churchill and came back. Uh, Speak of the Devil was in that race as well. Yeah. I mean, so you had a very, very solid race there. And Regal Glory just made them look like they were standing still down the lane. I, I respect Mason. I, I get it. I would rather take Regal Glory. To me, Casa Creed would be the other one you could make an argument for. Uh, Casa Creed's been running very, very well. Love Saratoga. It's kind of sneaky. Three races, one win, two thirds. But those two thirds were in this race the last two years both with 100-plus buyers. So it's not like these were bad thirds or anything. They just just got beat, right? And so I, I wouldn't hate it if someone wants to say, you know what, I'm just going to take a shot with the one and hope we can get it done. But yeah, if this was a bigger field, if the pace setup was different, then I could start saying, okay, we're going to try and beat Regal Glory. But because we drew only five horses, because Regal Glory doesn't need a ton of pace in front of her to be able to run people down, I, I just couldn't get around the three here. Yeah, it's. I mean, she, she's the classiest horse in the field. Best turf miler in the nation, male and female, probably. Four straight wins, three of them versus grade one company. Perfect in three tries at Saratoga. The only thing that's a question mark is why hasn't Chad Brown won this race yet? 
because he hasn't had Reba Glory in there yet, Mike. That's why. So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, he has Mason in here. Do we want to talk about Mason and why we're against him here? Because we've kind of discussed that briefly off air. Yeah, I mean, look, I love me. I love me some Wolfie's Dying a Ghost. But that's what, what Mason's been beating. And, and Mason has had two perfect trips sitting directly behind a lone leader and being able to get first run. Like, you're not going to be able to trip out quite that much here in this spot. And that's kind of what really propelled Mason in those last two races. I respect Mason. I think Mason's a pretty good horse. I just don't think that Mason is going to be able to get the correct setup here to get loose and then hold off someone like Regal Glory. Yeah, I mean, uh, the wins came versus two and four other horses, and it faces four others here, but none of them were Regal Glory. None of them were Casa Creed. Uh, get Smoking is a fast horse. So, uh, another thing, too, you know, Mason will probably be ahead of Regal Glory um, if the way the way it lines up pace wise. Uh, what do you think the chances are Jose Ortiz out jockeys Flavian Pratt and the Saratoga Turf, Mike? Is it a good chance that that happens? Pretty good. I mean, Flavian Pratt's probably the seventh or eighth best jockey at Saratoga right now. So, Ouch. Uh, I would say he's he's the worst jockey in this field at Saratoga right now. I mean, look at that. No, scroll back up. Let's make the argument. That tell me who's who's he better than? Listen, Javier, I can't say Castellano because Castellano is uh, he's picking his mounts more. He's got a new agent picking his mounts more carefully, and his ROI is tremendous. So I can't I can't argue. He's the fifth best jockey in that race. I mean, it's it's weird to say it, but right now that's just how it is. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, uh, Costa Creed, third in each of the last two runnings of this race. Does he do? Swing, swing, tent pole. <laughs> wow. All right. I got played a much. All right. I respect it. Respect <laughs> Look, if you make a video like that to play when he dominates, I got to do it when he's the fifth best jockey in a five horse field. <laughs> well, then it doesn't. Well, I guess it works when you do it. I can't do it. It works when you do it because it's sarcastic. All right, let's get out of here before uh, anybody gets more aroused here. The fifth and final leg of Saratoga's late pick five, Saturday, August 13th. Race 11, we've got a field of 10 maidens, three and up going to mile and the 16th on the outer turf. In for $40,000 tags. This is a classic get out race in New York. Where are you going on top? You know where I'm going on top? I mean, this is just perfect. Swing, swing, tent pole. <laughs> Give me the one. <laughs> Growth mindset for Jorge Abreu with that, that great jockey Flavian Pratt aboard. Um, this is one of those horses that came from uh, came from Clarevich, had one start under Chad Brown. We haven't seen this horse for a long time. This horse is gelded. We got LASIK added. Now we're getting back to Jorge Abreu who gets those kind of second-tier Clarevich horses that do not get bet as much as Chad Brown did. But the fact that they gave it to Chad Brown in the first place meant Clarevich thought there was some talent here. Now we're going to Tahori Abreu, who has turned his season around. He was struggling at Belmont late. He's been mm -hmm. running, uh, been training very well here at Saratoga, 5 for 22, 23% for the meet. Uh, you know, you get a top jockey in Flavian Pratt aboard. Uh, and I think we're going to get a pretty good trip here. I think there's more speed than we saw the first time. I think you kind of treat this horse almost as a first-time starter. And this field is not exactly a wonderful field. <laughs> so I'm willing to take a shot here with the one horse growth, one horse growth mind growth mindset. Jorge Abreu and his brother Fernando still only for opening day at Saratoga. <laughs> uh, I didn't use I, this horse wasn't bet for its debut at freaking Meadowlands, and uh, I think this was just $130,000 oopsies. And you know, this is the you know might be the right drop. I think we still need to go lower and probably to Monmouth Park to get the maiden broken, but. Uh, maybe they just want to see if they can dump it. You know, you're $40,000 at Saratoga. Someone's probably going to be trigger happy and pull the price. I didn't go with that horse. Um, top pick for me, I'm going to go with the seven, Greg's Honor. Maker first off the claim, gets Irad Ortiz Jr. to ride. And this horse's two best efforts 
where when the horse was in for tags, $50,000, $40,000, you see Brendan Walsh had this horse on debut. It was originally a $300,000 purchase, and they went, eh, it might not be as good as we think it is. We'll put it here at this level. When properly spotted, this horse is a dangerous contender. I love that Irad's picking up the mount. That was this uh, sealed the deal for me. Um, and then you see the first work back after Maker gets his hands on it, 48 and 3. It's bullet best of 14, not super, but it is showing me that it's, you know this Maker got the horse. He's running good, and Irad's got the mount. Uh, this was my other must-use horse. I agree with everything you said. I think this horse makes a ton of sense. I'm hoping we get that three to pr one price on race day, but I got a feeling that's going down a little bit. Um, I, I wish that we move the horse yeah. up, but like it, it kind of is what it is. Coming back at the same level for Maker is fine here. Um, and like you said, getting Irad up here, it, it tells you something. Generally, when Irad Maker calls Irad, the horse is ready to fire. Yep. Uh, let's see. Next up for me is the two smart Joker six to one. Jose Ortiz is going to be riding uh, back after this horse, you know, showed speed just like you'd done in the mud before. But this time on turf actually seemed to hold on for a little bit. The horse that was pressing him early uh, through those early splits ended up fading to be last of nine, which how do you go 25 and two, 49 and, and one and fall off tonight? I like. How bad is of a horse are you for that to happen? Uh, I do love that the horse is inside. Again, I, I think that there is less speed in here than we saw there. Um, I, I'm going to use him because I think that he's the one that is leading when they turn for home. And I know how important that is at these lower claiming levels. I went with the same look you did, looking for some speed here. Just went to a different horse. Um, you went I, to the I, other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went to the eight-horse strike price here. Uh, first time in the William Morley barn. This horse showed some speed first time out at Aqueduct. Again, showed more speed at uh, Belmont next time. Switching over from Weaver to Morley. Morley, 24% uh, first time in his barn. Uh, that's a big-time percentage. And we're getting a nice price here at 8-1. to one. I think Morley and, and Strike Price are the ones that make the lead here early. The problem with, like the, you mentioned it, the 25-second opening quarter, uh, it's just not fast, right? And so the question is, if someone really pushes from the outside, specifically the 8 or the 10, is the two going to be able to still sustain that same that same speed? Uh, the eight was my other horse because I thought, well, if the two is not leading, the eight's probably leading when they turn for home. Uh, and not only is Moy 24% first time with the trainer, but uh, this horse likes to be forwardly placed, it seems like. And those are the types of horses that Maury can usually move up really well. So uh, you've got that going forward. Maury's always tough in main claiming ranks. Uh, slightly surprised Flavian Pratt didn't ride this horse just because he rides for Maury quite a bit in New York. But uh, Pratt is, I guess he's still devoted to Klarovich trying to get back some of those Chad Brown mounts. He's like, well, I'll ride your 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 other donkeys for someone else if it gets me one of your horses back. So, uh, yeah, I like the eight here. So I just went two, seven, eight. Do you have anyone else? I went with the 10. I agree with Nick Feldman here. I think the 10's a little bit sneaky here uh, all the way from the outside. You get Saez aboard. That was a, a big deal for me. Second time here in the Maker Barn. Off, So Maker claims this horse out of a turf sprint. We then go to the dirt. Saez rides it. Now we're going back to the turf, and Saez picks up the mount again. And specifically, if you go back to that third race in the Ray Handle Barn, uh, going a mile and a 16th over the turf, the horse makes the lead, kind of gives it up. Al's Rockets in that race. Ansel's in that race. I, it seems like a decent race, at least, that it kind of came back with. Um, and again, I don't know where the speed's coming from. And if Saez is able to kind of sit, let's say the two and the eight both go, and Saez is sitting right behind him, I think the 10's got a decent shot here. Again, I don't love this field, so I'm willing to take a couple chances. Right. So I just pulled up the uh, – I realized from the chat that the, the Galloway stakes went off, and Empress Tigress got second, which I was worried about. Poppy Flower. Damn it. I told you that was the one I was worried about. 
Yeah, Poppy Flower runs well, man. Uh, Solid Dar- finish from that horse. Dairy Nane did nothing, man. Like absolutely nothing. No excuse. Was four wide on the turn, but you kind of expected that from the tempos, right? And then Sias brings the horse inside and just doesn't have any run. I mean, just just a really frustrating race there from Dairy Nane. Poppy Flower ran real well. Empress Tigress ran well. Um, be interesting to see how useful this race is coming out of it. But yeah, uh, Poppy Flower ran big there. That's going to wrap this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I for Saratoga's Late Pick 5, which, wow, we went through that pretty quick, Mike. Uh, like I said, we had some agreements and some other horses that we disagreed on, but kind of they could see where the other was going with stuff. We will give out our tickets one last time. We're going to post it down below here. I will start off going 4, 5, 6, 7 with 1, 6, 7, 11 with 1, 4, 7 with 3 with 2, 7, 8. That's a $72 ticket for 50 cents, Mr. Summage. I'm going one four five nine ten with one seven eight with one eight with three with one seven eight ten. I'm going to play that for fifty cents. It'll cost you sixty bucks, so a, a rather cheap ticket. Yeah, I think this is uh, well. I feel like we say this every time. It feels pretty hittable, and things, and then it turns out it's a twenty-five thousand dollars payoff because <laughs> <laughs> it's Saratoga. That's what it is. Uh, let's see the four-star day. But the Arlington Million, the Beverly D. Those are at Churchill this weekend. Uh, we don't need to talk about them. Is there anything else that you're looking forward to this weekend, Mike? I mean, there's things I'm looking forward to tonight, Magic. I and mean, you're just let's talk about it. You're burying the lead here. We've got football back tonight. We've got two oh, NFL right. games. Uh, both of which one I think is more bettable than the other. I like the New York Giants specifically in the first half tonight. Um, so New England came out and said they're not playing their starters for most of the first half. Giants, Brian Gable specifically came out and said he's going to play his starters. It's a new offense. They want to get everyone alloc- or, or used to that offense. They have two out- new offensive linemen. We've got a Galloway coming back from injury. You've got uh, Daniel Jones doing playing in this offense for the first time. So they're expected to play their offensive starters for two series. Um, and after that, you get Tyrod Taylor in who is significantly better than most people's backup quarterback. So uh, you get a good quarterback followed up by a good quarterback uh, from a preseason perspective. So I like the Giants minus three first half. Uh, and then Jared took the the uh, Ravens minus three and had a wild stat to back this up. So they've won their last 20 preseason games, the Ravens. They're 18-2 and two against the spread in their last 20 preseason games, which is phenomenal, obviously, against the spread. And it's interesting. We talked about like betting preseason football and, and kind of how you handle it. A coach is definitely a determining factor on how you approach a game and how you play a game. And specifically with with the Ravens, Harbaugh gets this team up to play. He believes preseason games matters, that winning culture matters, and that helps you set it up. So he usually plays pretty good here. Uh, I, I did not play the Ravens, but I, I like I hear Jared. And when you're talking about 18 and two trend, that is pretty significant. Ah, uh, yeah, that caught my attention too, and I went, "No, I'm going to bet this game because of that." So. Uh, I thought you were going to say the football is tonight with the Montreal Alouettes at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Blue, I got it right. I got it right on the show. It is Blue Bombers. I wasn't sure what it was, but I've listened to you talk enough about the CFL now that I know it's Blue Bombers. You can't spell win without Winnipeg. That's the uh, that's the yeah, motto I've adopted. That's not theirs. I, they, they not actually say for, for the well, no, well, actually they were pretty decent. Well, that was two years ago when they were in the Canada Bowl. Yeah, we don't really count that. Uh, Winnipeg minus nine hosting Montreal. That's my play. Um, if you want to get some more uh, great insider picks from Mike Samich coming up on Sunday, Mike's best bets for the NFL. If you missed it before, he gave on a Magic Mike show, but we have a video fully explaining that, so that will come out on Sunday. And then, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Friday and Saturday mornings, Mike has three different horses and two videos for stabling up, so make sure you pay attention to those. Uh, you've still been on the hot streak. Now, I mean, St. Tappet was kind of an easy one to see coming, but you did predict he was going to be like lights out good. So you've been right about that so far. 
Yeah, we'll take it. I also, I bet uh, my first Heisman bet today as well. And I'm, I can say this because I, it's already locked in here. So Dylan Gabriel, currently 30 to 1, 35 to 1 a lot of places. Uh, you can get him 25 to 1 right now on Bovada, 18 to 1 on Bookmaker. Uh, check out Dylan Gabriel. So he is the starting quarterback for Oklahoma. You've heard the name before because he started at University of Central Florida two years ago. Last year, he started there as well, got hurt, has a very good interception or touchdown to interception ratio. And did you know that Oklahoma's new offensive coordinator is the old Miss offensive coordinator who ran one of the fastest offenses in the uh, college football? And by the way, their spring game was the fastest offense of any spring game run this year in college football. And did you know that their defense is freaking awful? <laughs> and so is the Big 12. So if somehow Oklahoma can make the playoff and go 10 and 1, 11 and 1, I guarantee you Dylan Gabriel will be sitting in New York. The question is, can he win? But if you have anyone sitting in New York at 30 to 1, that ain't so bad. Okay. For some reason, I thought I was on Blinkers off all of a sudden. All this OU football talk. Sorry. Uh, look, I'm telling you, if you, it, it's it's a good price for a quarterback that makes a ton of sense. That's that. And like, if you look back at Oklahoma quarterbacks, they've obviously had a pretty good track record. Baker Mayfield, Kyle Murray, all that jazz. Yeah. This offense specifically sets up well for him to put up some stats. And if they play fast and he doesn't turn the ball over, he's going to have a boatload of touchdowns. Uh, they'll be running that carriage all over the place. So. Yeah, I, I would not be shocked here if we get if, if 30 to 1 becomes 6 or 7 to 1 during the in season. Even if you want to go to prop swap and just sell your ticket for a profit, that's something you can be able to do during the, during the middle of the season when they're sitting at 5 and 0 oh and he's got 30 touchdowns. My uncle uh, did a prop swap completely unrelated other than that. Uh, he had Aaron Judge to win the MVP uh, before the season started and got 15 to 1 on him. Something crazy, stupid that he shouldn't have gotten. And then they cashed him out at uh, uh, 5 G's. He was so, like, yeah, that was my mark. So Saratoga, we got yeah. uh, we've got twelve horses in the last six yes. of the twelve paid a four of six in the pick six. Four of six in the pick six, wild. Wow. Yeah, it's one of those days. So what happens when you start with a, a forty-two to one shot? Well, listen, we're not going to have that kind of day. We're going to have a winning day on Saturday, at least when it comes to the late pick five. If you want more Saratoga action, check out the Racing Dudes handicapping products through the Selmo Bombs, Mike Simon covering Saratoga and Del Mar. At the Rocket Picks, and of course, dudes who bet daily every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, talking best bets. We've been uh, doing great so far. I know we had one baseball game last night get delayed, so we didn't get to find out what happened. But last week we went three and one. Did we go three and one all five days? Uh, last week we went sixteen. Uh, no, fourteen and six. With, okay, uh, so we almost point, did plus ten point one units. The show going into today was up fifteen point four units five weeks in. That's pretty damn awesome. We're killing it. So just tune into that. It's a quick 10, 15 minute show. We have a lot of fun with our best bets. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the Race Dudes YouTube channel to be alerted whenever we go live with those. Until next time on Monday when Mike and I are back for some more fun. I'm Magic. Until tomorrow when we're on the tournament show. So if you are a Racing Dude subscriber, sorry, forgot. Make sure that you sign up for the tournament over on the tournament challenge page. If you just go into your dashboard and click on tournament challenge, you can sign up for $10 over on horse tourneys. We've got $150. Uh, $150 site credit seated into that pool. You can compete against the dudes. So come over and try and beat us in a tournament tomorrow. We'll also be live for that show. So we'll probably be live. I'm guessing from like eh, 4.30 to 5.30, maybe 5 to 6, something like that uh, for the final race of the tournament. We can talk strategy. And of course, as always, we're using the feature races on Friday. So you compare yourself against everyone who's competing for a BCBC seat, NHC seat, or 15000 bucks in cash. Great way to get involved on the tournament side and have a good time. I got your back, Magic. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, even if you don't want to play the tournament, you're not ready for that. Join us for the live show. It's a lot of fun. We talk tournament strategy. Uh, watch out for this one in there. She's got three entries, and she's always deadly in at least one of them. So 
Uh, we'd love to see you there. We'd love to compete with you. Until next time tomorrow for Dudes Who Bet Daily and the Tournament Show, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. <laughs> Good luck, everybody. See you tomorrow. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.